it's hard to believe this morning it's november 25th which means we are exactly one month out from christmas one month crazy right so merry christmas happy holidays right Feliz navidad right all of those things we could say those are kind of the the typical holiday greetings christmas greetings and so this morning we're going to start our christmas series and it's called New Seasons Greetings, here's to a new kind of Christmas, because those are kind of the, the typical seasons greetings that we hear, and so over the next, well not next three weeks, because I'm going to be gone next week, as you heard in the announcements, Pastor John is going to be here to share next week, and so I'm excited to have uh, Pastor John and Pastor Gina here next week to, to share and minister here. Uh, you know, they served here for 26 years. Most of you know that. Some of you um, may be visiting this morning or maybe it's been a while. They served here for 26 years. They retired a year ago on Father's Day. So it's been about a year and a half since they retired. And so that they'll be back here next week to minister. As tomorrow morning, I'm leaving to go to Tanzania, Africa um, for eight days on a missions trip. Myself and 12 other pastors uh, are going to Lake Victoria Bible School. Um, and we're going to be there for eight days doing some different ministry there and, and seeing some need that is at that Bible school there. And then I'm going to come back and share some vision and, and some need that's there and cast some vision about what we can do here in Minnesota to help partner with the Bible school in Tanzania, Africa to help with the ministry that is going on over in Africa. It's pretty amazing what's going on over there. They're in the middle right now of planting 10,000 churches in 10 years. The Tanzanian district is in the middle of planting 10,000 churches in 10 years. They're in the ninth, actually into their 10th year right now of that goal, and they've currently planted, I believe it's like 8,900 churches in just under 10 years. And so they're training up pastors like crazy, which also means that sometimes their Bible schools are running into issues with not having enough rooms in their dorms and not having big enough buildings and that kind of stuff. And so that's part of what we're going over there to see is some of the, the issues that they're running into with not having enough buildings and those kind of things. And so um, uh, that's where I'll be heading off to tomorrow. And so uh, at the end of service, we're going to pray. But if you would just keep me in, in your prayers as well as... The, actually, there's 40 pastors tomorrow that are taking off from our district to go on four different mission trips all at the same time. So there's 40 different pastors from our district that are leaving tomorrow to go to India, Jordan, Tanzania, and Cuba. So 40 pastors from Minnesota that are leaving tomorrow. And so... Just, just think of that this week as you're spending time in prayer to, to pray for our, our lead pastors. That's, that's almost a sixth of our lead pastors in our district are all going to be gone this week on mission trips. And so um, just pray for, for God to do some wonderful things throughout this week on those mission trips uh, and what he's doing. And, so, and then in two Sundays, we have our family Christmas service coming up. And so... I'll start our series today, and then it'll be the two Sundays right before Christmas that we will finish up this series. And so, um, as I said, there's not too many greetings that we use for Christmas. We say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Feliz Navidad, and as I said, there's nothing wrong 
with these, but I think we can find a few new greetings. And so that's what we're going to look at in God's Word, is to find some new greetings over the next couple weeks. And so today, the title of our series, or title of our message is, Have a Merry Christmas, but not Merry as an M-E-R-R-Y, it's Merry as an M-A-R-Y. And you'll see why in just a little bit. So with that in mind, uh, we're going to get into our message in just a moment. But first, as I said, Christmas is in just a month. That's crazy. We just had Thanksgiving. And last week I talked about how crazy it is that stores start to sell Christmas celebration, Christmas decorations really early, right? Earlier than, every year it gets earlier and earlier all the time. And actually, if you went to Walmart like three weeks ago, November 1st, they already had Santa at Walmart. You could bring your kid to Walmart right at the beginning of November and get your picture taken with Santa. That's crazy. Before Thanksgiving, that doesn't even seem right. And pretty soon, many of us will be attending Christmas parties. And as I just said, we have our annual Christmas service that's coming up here in a couple weeks. And our children are going to begin to have their Christmas programs, or as they now call them, holiday programs at school. Because they can't use the word Christmas in public schools anymore. They don't like to use that term. And so the chaos of holiday season is just about to begin. I recently read an article from another pastor who shared a story about a conversation that he had with his son that fits perfectly with what we're talking about this morning, so I want to share it with you quickly. He said, my son Landon plays soccer at school on Saturday mornings, so he and I have a little bit of built-in one-on-one time, which is rare because I have four little kids. Uh, and so we run errands before we go to soccer, and we even get a little bite to eat, and we just try to spend a few hours of just the two of us doing something productive. About six weeks ago, we went to Sam's Club. As is our custom at Sam's Club, we got a pretzel and a Coke, and then we started to make our way around the store. When we left the little cafe area, the employees were setting up their Christmas tree display. I thought he would be excited to see all the Christmas stuff. So I pushed the cart over there. He wasn't excited. He looked genuinely mad. He saw the trees and declared at an embarrassing volume, This is ridiculous. We haven't even gone trick-or-treating yet. As funny as it was, I felt this sense of dread set in. I was suddenly reminded of all that I had to get ready and accomplish before Christmas, even though Christmas Day was two months away still. Right? It's just this idea that it, it, the holiday season brings with it all kinds of chaos. It, it, it can get so busy and there's so much that surrounds the Christmas season that it can begin to dominate every aspect of our life and all the weeks and even months that lead up to Christmas Day. There's just so much to do and we feel sometimes guilty if we don't get everything in. After all, it's Christmas. It only happens once a year. So this is the way we celebrate God sending His Son into the world, right? By doing all of these things. Keeping all these obligations and all these traditions is our way of showing others, and if you think about it, showing Jesus how important He truly is, right? Is by making sure we do all of these things. Well, not really. 
that sometimes we think it is. But what if it doesn't? What if the pageantry, what if the busy schedules, what if all of the celebrating actually take attention away from the one that the pageantry, the scheduling, and the celebrating are supposed to actually be about? What if all the attention that we give to the events around Christmas actually detract from the attention that we should be giving to the one whose birth we're actually supposed to be celebrating? Is it possible that we could be doing so much in service and celebration of Jesus' arrival that we forget to actually spend time with Him? I think it is, and I think that we've all been guilty of this. I know that there's been times in my life where I've been guilty of it. I get so busy just getting caught up in the busyness of the holiday season that sometimes I forget what Christmas is actually all about and forget to spend time focusing on Christ in the midst of Christmas. Right? So I'm certain that Jesus knew that there would always be a great deal of activity surrounding his presence. Right? Jesus was omniscient, which means he knew everything. But he would have known that wherever he went, there would be a lot going on. There would be crowds that would gather. There would be excitement. There would be festive meals that would go on. All throughout the gospel accounts, as we read, Jesus would show up in a new town, and someone would insist that he and his disciples would come over for a meal. Sometimes it was who you would expect the Son of God to have a meal with, and sometimes it was the people you would least expect Jesus to sit down and have a meal with. But it seems like everywhere he went, someone was hosting a meal in Jesus' honor. Luke 10 records the account of one of those meals at the home of Mary, Martha, and probably their brother, Lazarus. So if you have your Bible and you'd like, you can feel free to turn to Luke chapter 10, because that's where we're going to be at this morning. So as always, when Jesus arrived, there was a lot to be done. He came with a built-in crowd of at least 12, his disciples, more than likely, and people gathered around to hear him teach. Martha was concerned with being the perfect hostess. She was focused on getting everything done that needed to be done, while her sister Mary wasn't. So picking it up in verses 38 and 39 of Luke chapter 10, we read, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So instead of giving into the pressures to host, entertain, and accomplish, it says here, Mary sat at Jesus' feet. She spent time with Jesus and listened to him talk about why, in fact, he had come. If we had time this morning, we could look at the implications of the first century rabbinic law allowing a woman to sit at Jesus' feet. But we don't have time to get into that this morning. But just know that it's a big deal for the fact that there was a woman that was sitting at Jesus' feet. That, in that culture, in that day and age, that was a really big deal. Jesus allowed her to sit at his feet and listen. Although the Gospel of Luke, all throughout it, the idea of listening is tied to the idea of discipleship. We see over and over again that those who listened to Jesus were being discipled by Jesus. Many heard what Jesus said, but few actually listened to what Jesus said. Many heard what he said, but few listened to what Jesus said. I think that 
could apply to many today. Many hear the good news, but not always many listen to the good news. Luke went out of his way to convey to his readers what Mary was doing at Jesus' feet. She was listening. She was learning to follow him more closely. This passage is sandwiched right in between the parable of the Good Samaritan and Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer. So maybe Mary was listening to Jesus' teaching about what it truly means to love your neighbor as yourself. Or perhaps she was listening to him explain everyone's need to commune with the Father through prayer. Whatever it was that she was learning or hearing, she was actively listening in order to follow Jesus more fully. Actively listening is a powerful skill that each of us should be striving to get better at each and every day. Actively listening is a skill that each of us need to be working on all the time. So meanwhile, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet listening and learning. Martha was not sitting at Jesus' feet listening. Instead, she was trying to be the perfect hostess. There was a lot of mouths to feed. There were sleeping arrangements that needed to be made. I can't even imagine the amount of work that hosting Jesus must have required. If we continue reading in verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I love the emphasis that Luke makes here. He said, Martha was distracted. Martha was so frustrated that her sister had left her to do all the work that she actually interrupted Jesus' teaching to ask her to intervene. Think about that for a moment. Jesus is sitting here teaching the disciples and, and Mary and others who had gathered around, and Martha actually interrupts him. Jesus, aren't you going to tell my sister Mary that she needs to get up and help me right now? Like she's just sitting there and there's all this stuff that needs to get done. She interrupts him. Martha had missed the point. She got so distracted by all the activity and the busyness surrounding Jesus' arrival that she actually thought that the activity was more important than spending time with the one all of the activity was surrounding. All the activity was surrounding Jesus. So instead of spending time with him, she got caught up in the activity. She wasn't willfully ignoring him. She wasn't being rude or discourteous. She wasn't disobeying any commandments or even the rabbinic law. She was just simply distracted. She had forgot what it was, what she should be focusing on, and that was Jesus. She had become distracted. And we're so guilty of this. I know that I am. We get fixated on getting the house just right for Christmas, getting the perfect picture for our Christmas card, making sure the perfect gifts are bought and all the programs and services are attended. We think that the activities surrounding Jesus' arrival are more important than spending time with the one that we're actually celebrating throughout all of these festivities. I think that one of the most convicting things that I realized in the course of preparing this message is that I can be like Martha at times. And I wear it as a medal of honor. Sometimes as a pastor I can say, but I'm just so busy serving Jesus and doing His work 
Like, don't people just notice how busy I am? Sometimes it seems like we can, we can just, we just, we, we say that busyness is a badge of honor when it's, it's not. The commentator Warren Wiersbe wrote about this passage. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, then something is terribly wrong with our service. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, then something is terribly wrong with our service. Jesus' loving reminder, reminder to Martha is probably the same thing he would say to each of us today. We keep reading in verses 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He didn't say that the things Martha was spending her time on weren't important or worthwhile. Jesus did not rebuke Martha for wanting things to be a particular way. He just reminded her that there is something better than having things just right. That Jesus is better. That time with him is better than a perfect feast, even one that's thrown in his honor. Time with him is better than a tidy house. Time with him is better than getting the perfect gift for someone. This is what I think was the hardest lesson for Martha to learn. Time with Jesus is better than service for Jesus. Time with Jesus is better than service for Jesus. Martha was doing all that she was doing for Jesus, yet Jesus told her, Mary has chosen what is better. Martha's choice had not been bad. The things she was doing, were working on, were all good. It simply wasn't the best choice at the moment. Why? Because Jesus was sitting in the room with her. And she simply got distracted. And she forgot who was sitting in the room with her. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we not get distracted? How do we choose what's better? How do we have a Merry Christmas? A M-A-R-Y Christmas? <clears throat> I spent some time this week thinking about practical things that we could do to make sure we focus on the right things this Christmas season. And here's a list of things that I came up with that we can try this year. And this is just a general list for, for planning to, to try to not be so distracted by the less important things this Christmas season. Number one, try to eliminate thing, everything that takes away from the real meaning of Christmas. And for instance, here's just some examples. And these things are fun, and I'm not saying that you can't do them, but sometimes maybe they, they can take up too much time. But maybe not posting a million elf-on-the-shelf pictures on Instagram. You know, sometimes people can, can get so distracted and spend so much time doing some of those things. Or go overly crazy decorating your house. I, I spent time this last week decorating our house. But, but there, there's a certain amount of time where maybe it becomes too much. 
where we spend too much time and it, it, it becomes too time consuming. Here's another one. Going to, I'm going to put significant relationships first. Spending extra time with Christ in our personal time of prayer and reading. Going to make it a point to focus and be mentally present in worshiping Him while at church. Going to have date nights with significant others. For example, I want to make it a point this Christmas season to have a few dates with Pastor Laura, even though it's busy and it's difficult during the season with our little girl because we can't leave her anywhere right now. But trying to make sure that we continue to focus on that relationship at this point in our life. Not neglecting my family for other obligations because we honor Christ by honoring our families. We honor Christ by honoring our marriage. We honor Christ by honoring the relationships that we have. I'm going to be there for my close friends who feel like family, but I'm not going to try to let everyone everywhere have a piece of my attention. Because the reality is we can't be everywhere all the time. I'm going to look, another way is I'm going to look for spiritual significance even in the mundane things I have to do. Eventually, the house still needs to be cleaned. The tasks still need to get done. But instead of treating these things like chores, I'm treating them like I'm preparing my heart to celebrate for Christ's arrival. Another way that we can keep ourselves from getting distracted this season, I'm going to focus on those in need. I have all that I need. I will survive just fine without a new phone case this season or another dozen caribou gift cards. But I have an opportunity to use Christmas to share God's love with others and hopefully point them towards Him this season. So this Christmas, we'll be tempted to focus our time and our attention on all the activities surrounding the arrival of Christ. And there's nothing inherently wrong with going shopping, with dinners, with school programs, with parties. And there's certainly nothing wrong with attending the special services that we'll have here at church. But we have the opportunity to be like Mary, choosing something better and understanding what this season's all about and making sure we're not forgetting to celebrate and remember Jesus in the midst of all of it. We have the opportunity to spend time with the one whose arrival we're celebrating instead of getting caught up in the excitement of everything. We have the opportunity to be with Jesus, which is the miracle of Christmas. Seven centuries before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. If God with us is a point of the season, shouldn't we make it a point to spend time with God came to be with us. We should be spending time with him. So let us take some time aside to read the accounts of his heavenly ad, or his advent, his earthly arrival as a baby, and ask his Holy Spirit to allow us to read them with fresh eyes this year. Spend time in prayer and thanksgiving. Let's find ways that we can sit at his feet and spend time with him this Christmas season. This year, let's make it a point, as I said, to have a Merry Christmas 
instead of a Martha Christmas. Let's not get caught up in the hoopla. Let's not get distracted by everything that's going on and forget to celebrate Jesus. We want to celebrate Jesus this Christmas season. So this morning before we leave, we're going to close out with prayer, but I have also, I'm going to ask Johnny to come up and I'm asking him to pray uh, just over me and on my trip that I'm going to be going on uh, tomorrow uh, as well as the others who are going with me. And so, um, but first, let's pray over our message this morning. So, Father, we thank you again for your word. Father, we thank you for your son who you sent to earth, God, to be the sacrifice for us. God, as, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas here, God, in a month from today, God, as, as all of the craziness that this season brings is upon us now. God, may we not get distracted like Martha did. God, may we be like Mary. God, and continue to focus on you and what the season's all about. And that's, that's your son. And what that represents. That represents the covenant. It represents relationship with you. It represents our salvation. You set your son so that we could have the gift of salvation. That he could come as a sacrifice for us. And so this morning, God, we pray that, that again we would be reminded, God, to have that, that mindset of, of what Christmas is all about. And so, Lord, we thank you for that reminder. We just pray that you would be with us now. God, help us as, as we go out, Lord, to just be that constant witness and reminder, God, to those around us. And God, help us this season to be a light and a beacon. We just thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray.